and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. I believe that we can thrive in all areas of life at the same time. But where do we begin? Personally, financially, spiritually, relationally... And often because we don't know where to focus, we do nothing. At least that's the space I lived in for several years. I know what it feels like to constantly be spinning my wheels. And that's exactly why I created the Dream Life Daily Journal. After working through the Dream Life Action Planner, we need to do something every day so we actually take steps in the direction we desire. Throughout the years, I've developed success habits that have helped me to create a Dream 10 Life in all areas by focusing on one area at a time. And I teach you exactly what to do each and every day in the Dream Life Daily Journal. You'll find a gratitude game every day to start the morning off right. A space for prayer, meditation, journaling. A space to write down your clear and intentional dream life goal with affirmations and visualizations connected to that goal. You'll then have a spot to write down your dream life action to-do list so you can be intentionally taking action towards your goal every single day. I know that by completing the Dream Life Daily Journal every day for at least 30 days, you can create momentum. And when you do that, my friends, you can live your dream life too. Check out the dreamlifetoolkit.com or Amazon to get your copy of the Dream Life Daily Journal today. Big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. Ooh, you guys, we are in for a treat today because our next guest has worked in business leadership roles for about 35 years. So he knows what it takes to be a successful executive. He's actually a certified professional leadership coach and certified process consultant, which means that he's been working with professionals and executives for over a decade, helping them reach new levels of business success and personal fulfillment. Continuing along his life's mission of speaking truth into the lives of business leaders, he wrote his first devotional book, which I'm really excited to chat with him about today, 10X for Christ, based on his own life experiences and walk with Christ. He is passionate about sharing the 10X lifestyle and is here today to challenge each of us to live a bolder, more engaging life for Jesus Christ. He has been mentored by two of the greats, Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy, and in 68 years of life has lots of wisdom, experience, and passion to share with us today. So big Dreamcast welcome to Carlos Rosales. Thank you, Denise. It's uh, such a delight to be here and to be able to share with your audience today. I'm really excited about this opportunity. Me too. I mean, the reality is, is they say that you want to hang around people who are like, three to five steps ahead of where you are. And I feel like that's you to me. I want to be like you <laughs> when I grow up. <laughs> um, and I'm excited to chat with you because, 
Uh, I feel like so many, many of our audience, you know, we're Christians, we're entrepreneurs, we've got these big dreams in our heart, but we can feel stuck and we don't often know the road to get there. So before we talk about the book, I'd love to hear a bit about your road. So tell us what got you into leadership coaching to begin with. Well, it, it, you have to go back to 1978 to really begin the story. I tell people that two significant things happened to me in 1978, not necessarily equal in significance, but very important in my life. One is I gave my life to Jesus Christ and became a born-again believer. But the second thing is I met Zig Ziglar through his book, See With the Top. And Zig Ziglar had such a profound impact on me to understand uh, not only the value of a good self-concept, but the idea of, of life balance. Because so many times at that age, when I met Zig through his book, I was thinking only about building a career, right? And so as a result, you can neglect your family and different things like that. So it really gave me some perspective. Uh, four years later, I went to work for Zig and I worked with him for about five and a half years. I left as the director of marketing. So it was what an experience to be able to sit at his feet and listen to the wisdom that he uh, shared with so many. So that was kind of the beginning of it. Through Zig Ziglar and, and my position there, I get to meet uh, folks like uh, Stephen Covey and Dennis Waitley. And it was just an exciting time to be in that field, uh, to be able to encourage people, to, to lead them, and to help them discover you know, their dreams and their aspirations. And then about 11 years ago, I got uh, hooked up with Brian Tracy through his Focal Point Franchising Coaching. And I became a certified focal point coach and did that for a number of years, but also learned a great deal from, from Brian. I could relate to Brian because he was a guy that kind of was bootstrapped, it, right? He didn't go to college. He just started doing what he was doing and uh, really made a difference in, in people's lives. So that was kind of my journey. And, and by God's grace, I seem to always gravitate towards leadership positions in every organization I've, I've been a part of. And so uh, I, I don't want to say I was a born leader, but understanding the skills, you know, having good emotional intelligence. I, and I think the biggest thing, and this is something that I think stands out in everything I do, Denise, is that I just really love people and I have a genuine curiosity about them and, and what makes them tick. So I just love learning about people. And so as a natural part of who I am, the next thing is, how can I help? How can I come alongside of that individual and help them be a, a better person for Christ? I love that. Well, and I think you said a couple of things. Number one, curiosity. You have been in corporations, not necessarily a pastoral role or even a counseling role. You were in corporations working with Zig Ziglar, with Brian Tracy, and, and you did marketing for them. So you were in a business setting, yet you still can have the curiosity and the care for people and how to help people grow. And meaning you kind of have your, have to have your eyes open. You kind of have to ask questions. You need to see what makes people tick to get them to say yes to the offer or what Zig is proposing or the Brian Tracy program and things like that. But then once they say yes, you get to see the transformation as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think the, the, the part of that is you have to be the kind of person people want to say yes to. Yeah. You know, you have to be open. You have to be receptive. You have to be willing to listen and show genuine concern for that individual. And I think that's really the key here. Somebody who just wants to sell something for a commission, so to speak, is really not that right person. It's somebody that genuinely cares. And that's the thing I can tell you both about Zig and Brian. I've met them personally. I know them well. Of course, Zig is gone. But these two individuals generally care about the people they work with. 
Yeah. And that comes first, doesn't it? And they trust the sale will come to whoever's ready for it. That's right. That's right. Okay. So in leadership roles, you're working with other people who are in businesses, but want to, of course, grow their EQ, their emotional quotient, grow their leadership, grow their influence, of course, and grow their sales at the end of the day. But you said you need to be a person that people want to say yes to. Tell me a little bit more about what that looks like. Well, I think that so many times we misunderstand what leadership is all about. Leadership isn't telling people what to do. It's, it's you know, it's a whole idea of, of having being the kind of person that people want to follow. And so I think that starts with the heart. And that might sound kind of corny, but the reality is, and I've said it already, if you don't have a genuine concern for the welfare of the people that you lead, then you're probably not going to be an effective leader. You know, what is the model that Christ gave us in his leadership role? The one word that always comes to mind when I think about Jesus is compassion. Do you have compassion for the people? And that's the first thing I start with in my leadership coaching is helping people understand that connection, understanding themselves, their emotional quotient, but also how to relate it to other people. I think that's the beginning there. And it's just a matter of, of, you know, understanding some of the rules. You You know, how do we delegate effectively? How do we manage our time and help other people manage their time? But at the end of the end of the day, I think another word for leadership could be equally love. Mm. I've never heard it said that way before, but it's so true because I feel like the leader sees the best in their team. You know, they see Absolutely. people maybe three steps ahead of where they see themselves. They call out the best and creating a culture where people are welcomed and feel like they can be themselves and start to flourish in a good leadership environment. So when did you decide to take the corporate experience and the love for people and create a a devotional about it? Well, that's a great story, a great question. I've been in leadership roles with this group that I'm associated with now called Convene. It's a chair advisory board for Christian business owners. So I run a team here in Houston, and there's 45 of us across the United States to do the same thing. And as a leader in the group, I was asked to do a devotional. And so I was reading uh, the book of Daniel, and I was fascinated by it. And if you think about the beginning of the book of Daniel, it talks about Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel. And now think about this for a moment. These young men were 17, 18 years old. They were basically slaves in captivity. But in Daniel 1, it said that God showed them favor, so they were selected to serve on the king's court. Now, that means they had access to all the rich foods, all the wine they wanted, now, if I was 17, 18 year old in a foreign land, right, I would have thought, well, this is God's favor. I'm blessed. So I'm going to party on. But that's not what they said. They said, we don't want to defile our God or our Jewish customs. So if it's OK with you, we're going to have vegetables and water. Some people know it as the Daniel diet today, right? Well, the guy in charge says, well, but if you get sick, the king isn't going to kill you. He's going to kill me. And Daniel said, just let us try it. So in Daniel 1.20, and it's the one section I'd like to read in, in this from the devotional, and that's that verse in Daniel 1.20 that says, And in all matters requiring information and balanced judgment, the king found these young men's advice ten times better than that of all the skilled magicians and wise astrologers in the realm. That's Daniel 1.20. And then you go on in, in the rest of the book of Daniel where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to face the fiery furnace because they refused to worship the bronze statue. And the king said, if you don't worship the statue, I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace. And here's their words. They said, that's okay. We're not going to change. And God will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we're not going to deny our God. And then the rest of the book is, is about Daniel, but 
Daniel had to face not praying, right? He was told not to pray. It was kind of a trick that they set up for him, but he did, wouldn't do it. He wouldn't stop praying. He had to fast, face the lion's den and God delivered him. So what I got to thinking about, Denise, is that why can't we live that kind of lifestyle today? Neither one of us or anyone in your audience is going to face a fiery furnace, right? They're not going to have to go into a lion's den. So how come we're sitting on the bench and waiting for people to take our lives and to take our, our, you know, there's so many things we could talk about, but being a bold Christian today is almost a rarity. So what I'm encouraging people through this, the TEDx for Christ devotional is to take the time to learn, to experience, to, to go through this transformational journey with me so that they can be more emboldened. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go off to a mission field. It doesn't mean you have to, uh, to, to pastor a church. You could do it right where you are. Well, and what I love is that it's five days a week for... Correct for 52 weeks. And each page, each devotion has a verse, some thoughts, a chance to write, and a prayer. So it really sets your heart and mind right for the morning, gives you space to connect and and a prayer and something to focus on. Now, one question I have is, I know that you said self-awareness is big in leadership. And I know this is a part of the book too, where we want to examine our own lives to determine our own paths. Can you tell me a a little bit about that? Well, you know, I think that it first starts with a connection, right? Is it who is your source? And so if I'm looking at the world today, I can go a lot of different directions. So I can be pursuing money, I could pursue in a career, fame, recognition. But at the end of the day, what Christ wants for us in our lives is to put him first and foremost in our lives. I used to teach goal study at the community college level. And we used to teach that, you know, we were at the center of this, uh, imagine, if you will, a wagon wheel. And we were at the center of the wagon wheel and the spokes out of the wagon wheel were different areas of our lives, maybe health and fitness or finance, whatever. But the reality is God needs to be the center of that wagon wheel or what I would call the, the wheel of life. And once we have that, then we are able to begin to discover who we are in Christ. And But see, so much of the time, even though we are born-again believers, we haven't accepted fully God's forgiveness. And that's why the first 10 weeks of 10X for Christ deals with that whole concept of east to west and how we are forgiven in Christ and our sins are forgiven from that, from as far as the east is to the west. Oh, okay. So the first step is that connection. And you said the first 10 weeks are forgiveness. What are the second 10 weeks about? Well, the second 10 weeks comes out to be what we call the masterpiece. And it's that whole verse that says we're God's workmanship. And so a lot of times, if I could just take a step back for a second with the forgiveness piece of that. See, if we're still carrying baggage, then it's hard for us to fully accept who Christ is. So what we have to do is begin to see ourselves not through our own lens, not through our own eyes or not through the eyes of the world. We could say we're failures. We, you know, we don't have this. We don't have that. But the reality is when we see ourselves through Christ's eyes, it's a transformational thing. So once I'm fully engaged, then the next piece is to act like a masterpiece. The Bible says we're a royal priesthood. So we talk about how do we walk in the full armor of God? And um, how do we soar like wings, uh, like like eels on the wings of eagles? And, and, And all the things that we know that are promises from God that can give us that masterpiece life. 
Because what, what I think about sometimes is that if you think about this for a minute, Denise, we're king's child. So what would that be like living in the palace and being an heir to the kingdom and to be a fellow heir with Jesus Christ? But yet most of the time we're spiritual paupers, right? Well, I, you know, I don't know. I don't feel like preaching. I'm not confident. You know, we sound like Moses maybe. But the reality is that God has a plan for us. And this is where you can really start to to really search out your calling, but it starts with that belief, I am forgiven, I am a new creation in Christ, and then moving on to the to, to really having a grateful heart and allowing God to work in us. Absolutely. So forgiveness and really letting go, uh, releasing some of the things that have been holding us back. That's I actually right. created an e-course through that launched recently, and there's a whole session regarding release, because if forgiveness ends up being uh, most likely the most important step in any sort of journey because like it or not if we're holding on to those to those grudges or bitterness resentment anger even self-directed it's impacting us today even if we don't believe it is it, it it still it still is and so i love that you really start us with kind of a clean slate absolutely freeing us from any of those invisible tethers. And then we can build upon that. We can say, all right, well, who does God say I am? Who, do, right. who, do, who does God say I am? What does he have for me? And, and really ask those self-directed questions again, like who am I in Christ? So what are the third 10 weeks about? Well, let me also say this, Denise, uh, and I'll, I'll answer that question here in a second. But here's the here's the key to this devotional. It is five days. But for example, for five days, we're going to look at one topic. And like, for example, the first topic is God's gift. So recognizing we are God's gift. And so what, what, what this does, though, and you know this basing on your background, it's not an instantaneous transformation. It's a gradual day in, day out going to the Word, because there are Bible verses listed, there's some reflection, but more importantly, there's a space in there for you to add your own reflection. So it's that conversation with yourself, right? To be able to say, I accept God's forgiveness, or I am a new creation. And then the prayer is dedicated specifically to that topic. So there's five different prayers, one each day, again, dealing with that topic of the week. So it could be God's masterpiece. But once we're kind of there, we accept the fact they were forgiven, and now we're starting to act like a royal priest. Now we're going to work, move into the area of abundance. And so what does that really mean? And to me, it means the walking in the fullness of God's purpose for our lives, living with joy in our hearts every day. Too many times we focus on what the worldview is, right, for abundance, and that's to have lots of money and lots of possessions and all those sort of things. And please understand, I'm not saying that that's wrong. But it's got to, it's where's the motivation of our heart. So walking in abundance every day and understanding who we are in Christ and living with joy, having an attitude of gratitude, because those things are foundational. So being strong, having an agreement with the Holy Spirit. We're going to have times in our lives when we're not sure of the direction God is calling us to, but we have to learn to trust Him and be in agreement with the Holy Spirit. Remember that we're more than conquerors. Some of these are just phrases we've heard, right? But now here's the biblical evidence. It's where it comes from in God's word. It's listed there, and it's one for you to be able to go back to. Serving others is a part of that abundant lifestyle. It's having that servant leadership, the model that Christ gave us. And then finally, we're going to deal with the topic of being healed in Christ and being restored fully. Ooh, powerful. 
Powerful. And once we have that clean slate, we can build upon who am I in Christ? And then what does that look like in real life? You know, how can I live abundantly? And sure, of course, we all want running cars and beautiful homes and a safe place to live and all of that. But we also want to be filled with joy. I love to say I'm content and ambitious. I love where I am and I know where I'm going, meaning we can have that overwhelming sense of gratitude. uh, And that's going to be kind of the magnet to everything else. So abundant service. And then you said agreement with the Holy Spirit, which is a really, I think is a really cool way to say that trust. You know, you're you're in connection, but you're also in conversation. You have a space to write each and every day, which then gives you a space to listen and to kind of trust that intuition as it starts to build. You know, if you think about it with the agreement part of this, you know, we're all had parents and our parents may have asked us to do something in our past that we weren't really sure about, but they had our best interest in mind. They knew what was right for us and we trusted them. So we trusted our parents enough to say, okay, I'm going to do this. And so once we do that, then we start to realize the relationship we have with the Holy Spirit. He knows what's best for us, even though it's not always the, we go, kind of, Lord, is this really what you want me to do? When I got the call to write this devotional, my first reaction was, you've got the wrong guy here. This is not for me. I'm not an author. But through the Holy Spirit, and this is the part of that abundant life, is if I say to myself, I can't do this, probably in my own spirit, my own human form, I can't. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can write a book. You can do the things that God has called you to do because he won't call you if he's not going to give you the, 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 the wisdom, the skill, the authority to do it. So tell me a bit before we move on to the last two, 10 weeks, what did that call look like? How did you feel like, I mean, was it just this burning uh, where you're like, I need, there's something missing or there's something I need to create, or I've got this experience now. And where, how did you start to feel like this is what I'm supposed to do? Well, (laughs) at first I ignored it, right? It's kind of like, I don't think you're talking to me, Lord, you've got somebody else in mind here. But really it was, it was motivated out of a desire. When I began to understand my life calling or my mission is to speak truth in men's lives and help them be their best self in Christ Jesus. Well, how am I going to do that? I'm a lay person. I don't have a theological background. But when the Holy Spirit prompted me to write this, of course, I was resistant. But then I said, okay, Lord, if this is where we're going, then guide me through this process. And the interesting part about this, and this is the true story, it took me about an hour to define the table of contents. And that in itself for me was extraordinary. But it's what you, what the Holy Spirit can do through you is what's amazing. So you, yeah, you, you feel that little stirring in your gut where you're like, this is something I need to do. But I love that right. you said you identified your life purpose first. Once right. you really connected with your life purpose, then these ideas started coming to you. And then you said, guide me. And you were open and you put pen to paper and allowed things to flow. And that's where the trust starts to build. When, when you're open and you're like, all right, God, I don't get it, but I'm, I'm willing, um, you can allow him to really move. So what is the fourth 10 weeks about? Well, it's called, it's, it's just being a 10 Xer. It's, it's that manifestation. What does it look like? And, and I believe that in order, if we're going to have a, a, an abundant, joyful walk with Christ, it's got to be something other people want. And it's got to be that thing that people say, you know, Denise, I see something in you that's totally different. I see a glimmer in your eye. I see a joy, a peace. No matter what happens, you always find ways to be thankful and be joyful. And that's what 10X is all about. 
is starting with that foundation. Now, we've already built on that, right? We've already spent about 30 weeks on this. But now it's a matter of, okay, how's that going to manifest itself? And remembering that we're all going to have setbacks from time to time. We're going to get things are going to come our way in life that we're not prepared for. But as a 10 extra, how do we live past that? So the, the whole idea of walking in God's wisdom and understanding that Christ is in us. And there's a, one, of the, one of the weeks, is, it says, uh, Jesus said so. So it reminds me of the story where Peter was fishing all night, right? And he didn't catch any fish at all. And Jesus shows up on the bank and he says, Peter, throw your line on the other side of the boat or throw your net. And Peter was probably thinking to himself, who's this guy? He's never fished in his life. I'm an expert fisherman. But the words that he said were so important. He said, because you said so, Lord. And he did it. And of course, we know the results. He caught more fish and he couldn't even bring him into the boat. So that's my point is that are we listening to what God's sharing with us? And if he says so, then let's go out and do that. Remembering that we're to bear the fruits of the Spirit and that no weapon can be formed against us. To love the Lord with all your heart and to recognize as a part of this that we are his treasured possession. So that's what encompasses the 10 weeks of the 10x lifestyle. Awesome. We'll talk more about that in just a minute. But I want to hear the, the final 10. What is that one about? It's all about finishing well. You know, Denise, all of us as believers in Christ want to be able to hear those words that says, well done, good and faithful servant. And so this is sort of beginning with the end in mind, kind of like Stephen Covey talks about in his book, right? So I want to start focusing on not necessarily my reward, but standing before the beam of seat of Christ and be able to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. And so that to me, then it becomes the practical now. We've kind of done all these great things. We kind of know who we are, but it's it's the idea of finishing well, to be able to receive the crown of life in, at the Bema Seat, to be able to hear those words, well done, to hear the, the words, when we hear God's calling, we, we respond by send me, the words that Isaiah spoke. Uh, fellowship. You need to fellowship with other believers. You need to be in training. We only always be learning. We can't just take anything. You know, I, I, as, as you know, I work with a lot of folks, a lot of leaders. And what I always want to know is what are they doing to continue their education after they got out of school? And typically that's a good indication of whether they're amenable and, and going to be receptive to coaching. But as believers, not only do we need to spend time in the Word every day, we need to find a good devotional like 10X for Christ. But there's certainly a lot of them out there. One of yours, I'm sure, would be great as well. But it's staying in that habit of connecting and communicating with God every day because we need that connection. So that's a part of the, the finishing well, trusting God remembering that God is going to keep us, learning to teach other people. And that's the next part of this, is how can I take the things I've learned and transform the other, the others? And then the last week, 52 weeks, is simply writing an action plan. And what's interesting is the survey that's going to be available on my website to your readers, some of these questions are asked. So do you have a, an execution plan? Is your, is your uh, prosperity based on God's direction for your life and not your circumstances? So abundance and joy, that kind of thing. So it's a great way to get started. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Well, I love that you're taking people on a journey because it is it is onion layers. You know, right. it really That's is right. more than just you'll have those those aha moments, those big like boom, you know, oh, I have a new brain cell that I didn't have before. <laughs> yeah. But oftentimes it's the slow transitions where you'll look back over a year's time and go, I'm a different person. You know, I'm, I'm not as fearful as I once was. I'm That's not right. say, um, kind of resisting 
the call that I keep feeling, you know, the truth never changes. It keeps coming back. And I'm stepping into who God created me to be fully and proudly and boldly. And I know before we started recording, you said that at 68, you feel like you've just now accepted your destiny. Tell me what you mean by that. Well, one of the things about me is is I grew up with a very poor self-concept most of my life. So it was always a struggle. I said this to a friend of mine recently at lunch, one of my clients actually. I said, you know, what's interesting is that when I saw myself at this stage of my life being a waiter, I thought that's what I would ever, all I would ever be able to do. Oh my goodness, and, what a surprise. <laughs> yeah, and so what a transformation that, uh, that by allowing the Holy Spirit to work in my life and understanding who I am in Christ, I see myself totally different today. So that's, that's, that's the thing is that you need to learn to where you are today doesn't matter where you can end up. So it took me almost 50 years of my life to get where I needed to be, right? But it's, 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 it's a gradual transformation. Now, some of us are going to be transformed sooner, but some of us are going to take longer. So it took me a long time. But by God's grace, through a lot of great people in my life and through understanding who I am in Christ, it's transforming to who I am today. Now I have a, a robust coaching practice. I, I lead a team. And so just really fortunate and blessed to be where I am today. Yeah. And it's because a part of it is because you did find yourself in situations where you were learning from people who are three steps ahead of you and you were coachable. You know, you were, you didn't show up thinking you knew everything you, you learned and then you taught what you learned to other people because of your curiosity in the human form, you know, you are excited and interested every step of the way. And I love that God kind of kept putting you in spaces where you could grow and learn those skills. And then you've chosen to give that back in a way right. that connects both faith and business. That's right. And one, one of the things, Denise, relating to that is that once we get to a point where we recognize the growth we need, it takes a lot of self-discipline to move forward. And that's the key here is that many people know exactly what they need to do and change, but they don't want to go through the heavy lifting is what I call it. They don't want to face the pain. You know, I'm able to work out five days a week. Now, why do I do that? Not because I want bragging rights, but because it's going to keep me healthier and my, I'm going to be able to be more active. So why do I have a health coach? Why do I have a nutrition coach? Why do I have a business coach? Because I'm constantly learning and working to get better. And that's the key for all of us. And that's the whole message of 10X is how do you continue to refine who you are in Christ? Because it's a, it, it's a transformation. When I first came to Christ in 1978, I thought I was going to be like Moses coming off the mountaintop, right? My hair was going to be white and I was having these stone tablets. But the reality, it's not that way. It's a, it's a step-by-step, day-by-day, walking with the Savior that gradually would transform your life to who you are today. Now, my, fi- my hair is finally white, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd love to hear some of the, the maybe the story of putting this book out. As a first-time author, you said the discipline is kind of what gets you through uh, when you don't really know what to do or you've got roadblocks that pop up in your way. So were there any roadblocks or things that you had to work through in even creating the book? Well, certainly there were roadblocks and that was probably it started with me, right? I don't really feel like writing today. I don't feel motivated. So it's a discipline of sitting down and setting time aside every day. And that's probably true for anything we want to accomplish. You have to be dedicated enough to say, I'm going to set aside time. You've written several books, so you know what that's like. You can't just do it whenever you feel like it. 
You have to block off times in your schedule, and that's what I did. So that was a, an obstacle for me. The other thing, I don't know if you would call it an obstacle, but everybody was saying to me, well, you need to read this book or that book or this book. And I thought to myself, why do I need to read any book if I've got the Holy Spirit in me and he's the one that's writing it, not me? Then let me just let it flow. And so I refrained, other than reading the Bible, I refrained from reading any other, uh, any other book on the book of Daniel or 10X Lifestyle or anything because I wanted totally to be inspired by the Holy Spirit. So that was a, a roadblock in the sense where my thinking initially was, well, I need to go get these outside sources. And, and that necessarily isn't the way publishing is done today, but that's the way I decided I was going to do it. Oh, super cool. I know when I had the inkling to write my book, Design Your Dream Life, I had very similar fears pop up because I put scripture in the book. And then I'm like, but I'm not a pastor. Am I allowed to yeah. do that? Am I going to get scrutinized for this way of using this? You know what I mean? But then I had right. to realize, well, I went to Wheaton, which is a Christian college. So that's got to count for something. And I've been a Christian <laughs> my whole life and I've read the Bible and I implement it. You know what I mean? We have yes, to yes. work through some of that stuff. And just, and I think sometimes we use those fears as maybe excuses of way. That's maybe right. I, oh, that's a little bit too hard. I'm just going to stay here because I'm comfortable but That's eventually exactly right. I had to overcome them myself and put it in my schedule and create uh, systems of accountability so that I actually got things done. And you're right. When you say yes to that spark, amazing things can start to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what would you say to somebody who uh, they have that spark, maybe that inkling like you did, but they are starting to have some of that fear. You know, maybe they want to get out of debt or maybe they want to start a business or maybe they want to learn a new skill or go, you know, hike Mount Everest. I don't know. But they have that same fear of, am I good enough? I'm not sure. Really me? Uh, it'd be way easier if you gave me a different goal, God. <laughs> um, what are some things that you would tell somebody to live their 10x life and say yes to that dream that God has given them? Well, for me, I think it's important to understand your why. What's really motivating you? And does it glorify God is that in, in, that, in that effort? So whether, clown, whether it's climb Mount Everest, you can glorify God doing that. You can start a business by, and glorify God. So I think that's where it's got to start because that intrinsic motivation has got to be what's going to drive you in the days when it's hard. So once you understand that, then I think it's just a matter of spending time in prayer and looking and, and, and saying, okay, what are the obstacles? One of the things I've learned in time and where we talk about goal setting and, and, and reaching an objective is what are the obstacles you're going to face? So let's lay that out there. Because the reality is if we're not prepared for that, those can be major setbacks. So one of the things we talk about is that, you know, what, what's my motivation here? What is my why? Why do I want to accomplish this? Is it for selfish means or selfish reasons? Generally, you're, it's going to fall shallow. So I, I talk about that. And, and I would also talk about understanding what you're going to be facing. What are the sacrifices you have to make? What are you willing to give up? to get to your goal. And this is something I learned many, many years from Zig, is that you have to be willing to give something up. So what are you willing to give up? Is it t TV time at night? Is it eating less desserts? Whatever the goal is, there's sometimes something's going to have to, to give, be given up. The other thing you want to look at is who are you going to get help from? For example, if you're going to go back to school at night, you're going to suffer time from your family, right? Are they accepting of that? And do they understand and they bought into what your dream is, helping them understand, because the more that they understand, the more they're on board with that, 
they're going to be able to help you in your dream. So establishing the, the obstacles, understanding those, being prepared for those, what's in it for me kind of thing, getting the people that, that you need. And then, to, you know, what additional skills and, and, and learning am I going to have to have? Uh, I learned a lot about copywriting when I started writing this book, and I realized how much I didn't know. But nonetheless, there are certain things you just have to do, right, when you're when you're an author or whatever it is, is make sure that you understand the skills. And finally, when it comes to business goals, is is from the very beginning, you need to understand what you don't know. You know, don't try to do things that you're not good at. And that's probably the hardest lesson for any entrepreneur. They think they can do it all. Stick to what you're good at. And then hire other people or get other people to help you because you can't do it alone. Amen. <laughs> I love it. And I think you guys, when, as we know, God doesn't call the qualified, right? He qualifies the called. So if you feel Absolutely. that burning, that sense, I call it the holy discontent. You know, right. you're like, if I don't take action in this, I will burst. Uh, if you feel that way, then I love, Carlos, your your ideas of, knowing your why, being prepared for the obstacles because they will come, knowing what you're going to say no to, which is just as important right. as to what you're saying yes to, asking for help and then developing skills, outsourcing the rest. You guys write all of this down because this is part of your business plan. You know, this is part of you saying yes to the calling that God has given you is by being prepared and surrounding yourself with people who've already been there and done that. So I know you have created an assessment for all of the listeners today, can you tell me what are we assessing? Well, basically, it's just kind of an inventory of am I a 10Xer? Ooh, awesome. So you'd be able to ask her 10 simple questions. It's on a scale of 1 to 10. And once you've completed that, you're going to get a score. And that score will tell you if you're 100%, then you're ready. You can go write your own devotional. You don't need my book. But if you're anything below that, it's time to examine what do I need to do. The simple questions are some I've already mentioned, but it, it and you can go through the devotionals. I don't really have them all memorized, but it's a real simple thing to do. It takes about five minutes, if, if that. And then anyone that takes the assessment, once they've completed it, will ask, have access on the website to a, a, a code that will allow them to buy the book, order it on the website for 40% discount. But it's really just an inventory more than anything else. Awesome. Awesome. You guys, you can go to 10x4christ.org. 10x4christ.org. And I'll put the link in the show notes below so you can take your the assessment for yourself, see how 10xer you are, <laughs> and then um, and then get the code for the devotional. Because I think going into the year 2020 now is a great time to really start saying, all right, what is the life that God has for me? Am I stepping into who he's created to me fully? What do I need to let go of, forgive, heal from? So I can create the life that he has for me. And this is an amazing tool to do so. Absolutely. All right. Two last questions for you. All right. Um, okay. I know that as entrepreneurs, as coaches, we do need to be coached ourselves and have a place where we feel filled up. Who are you learning from now? Are there any books that you're reading that you could refer us to? Wow. Um, I'm reading a lot of books. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Mark Batterson. So on the spiritual side, I would recommend all of his books, the most significant of which is Circle Maker. And it's all about the premise of circling your dreams. It says in the, the subtitle is drawing circles around your 
biggest fears and greatest dreams. And so it's tapping into God's power and walking in faith. But Mark Batterson is a great author. I like uh, Extreme Ownership by Jocko, and I don't remember his last name, but he's a Navy SEAL, talks about building a culture. It's Your Ship is another one that's written by a Navy captain that took the boat, uh, his Navy boat from the worst to the best in the Navy. So those are great culture and leadership books. I'm also a big fan of Henry Cloud and his work uh, in Boundaries, Boundaries for Leaders, is a wonderful book. And then the, the book I like along with that is Necessary Ending. Awesome. Thank you. You're um, welcome. You know, I love that Zig's stuff is carrying on. He's not here with us anymore, but he his legacy and his lessons are still being taught all of the time. And I feel like... Absolutely. You know, the things that you are bringing into this world are things that are not just for you, but for generations to come. And then my last question is, what do you do every day that you couldn't live without? Well, I mean, it's going to kind of sound corny, but uh, spend time in the Word. You know, I have two devotionals that I do right now. In fact, I play racquetball at 530 in the morning, but I get up at 420 so I can do my devotional before I go to the court because I feel like I play better. So maybe that's psychological. I don't know. But to me, that's the thing I think that, that means the most. Because remember this, this is our source. This is our connection. And without that, we're not going to be able to have a good day. So I start my day that way. And, uh, and of course, uh, I believe that exercise is a big, important thing also. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and experience with us today. You guys check out 10x4christ.org to take that assessment and get the 40% off code so you can begin the devotional and really start off your 2020 with a bang. So thank you so much, Carlos, and everyone else. We'll see you in the next episode. Thank you, Denise. It was a delight to be with you. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. I want to hear your aha moment from today's amazing episode. If you could leave a review at whatever podcast player you choose to listen from, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening from, leave a review and share with us your favorite part of today's episode. Thanks for hanging out. And remember to dream big.